Hey everybody, Jesse here from Flyers Alley. I want to talk to you guys about Sterling Pig Brewery in Meadie, Pennsylvania, one of Old City Sports Network's beer sponsors. Brewed in small batches and tapped directly on site, Sterling Pig's eight rotating beers achieve the perfect balance of flavor and drinkability, from IPAs to porters, from stouts to pilsners. It's all about balance. From the beer to the food to the atmosphere, there's something for everyone. Meet up with a friend at the bar, bring your family to dinner, in the main dining room overlooking the kitchen and the wood oven pizza. Throw a party upstairs overlooking the brewery or simply take a growler home to go. Go to www.sterlingpig.com. Check out their cool merch, awesome beers, and great food. Many beardsmen tend to not use any product on their beards. They usually hit it with a quick wash with their shampoo and call it a day. Unfortunately, Using shampoo on your beard hair can be very damaging. Using a regular shampoo on your beard hair can strip all the oils, cause it to be dry and frizz, which then leads to breaking and splitting ends. Having a correct beard wash in your daily routine would save you from all that mess. After you wash your beard with the correct beard wash, follow up with a beard oil or beard balm to ensure a healthy, moisturized beard. Our products are designed to be used daily and can easily be added into your routine. That way, you won't have to deal with a dry, itching, flaking beard anymore. Go to www.norsebeards.com. Use promo code OCS for 25% off your beardsman needs. What's up, everybody? Jesse here for Flyers Alley again. Want to talk to you guys about our other beer sponsor in the Chamonix Creek Brewing. The Chamonix Creek Brewing is an award-winning craft brewery and tap room located just north of Philadelphia in Croydon, Pennsylvania, where they use their do-it-yourself ethic to make great-tasting beer that challenges both their drinkers and brewers. Founded in 2010, the Chamonix Creek has grown exponentially over the years and expanded distribution across Philadelphia. New Jersey, Delaware, Maryland, and New York. In the summer of 2020, the Chamonix Creek opened another location inside the Ferry Market located in New Hope, Pennsylvania, where guests can purchase on-site pints and beer to go. You tell your story online, it can make all the difference. Go to www.chamonixcreekbrewing.com. Check out their cool beers. Their cans are the best looking in the area. They have great Pilsners, great IPAs, great Stouts. Check it out. We love it at Old City Sports Network. We know you guys will, too.
What's going on, everybody? Jesse here for Flyers Alley. Uh, along with me today, we have co-host of High and Wide Radio, Kyle Warner. How you doing, brother? Thanks for coming on. I'm doing good, man. Uh, we took off this week for HW, so always a pleasure to join another pod for an epi. Yeah, again, like I said, thanks for coming on. Um, we usually don't do stuff uh, middle of the week, but I definitely wanted to get raring up here. We're going to start our regular schedule on Sundays like we usually do it at uh, 8.30. Um, yeah, so before we jump into this bad boy, go like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Flyers Alley, on Twitter at Flyers Alley Pod 1, and Instagram at Flyers Alley, and go check out www.oldcsportsnetwork.com, old spelled O-L-D-E. Now, Kyle... How has your week been going? Tell everybody uh, who you are and what you do. Yeah, so uh, I live over in Jersey. I'm uh, a stone's throw from the stadium. I've been a Flyers fan since, geez, before I was born. I really didn't have a choice in the matter. My dad was at the Cups. So I oh, <laughs> uh, joined HW about five years ago. Been with uh, HW and the media crew and doing podcasts with those guys for five years now. Um I'm a dad, father of one, five years old, starts kindergarten tomorrow. I'm uh, going to be honest with you. I may have to get a couple tissues for this one. Oh, I'm dude, a big, yeah. strong guy, but uh, I think this one might get me. <laughs> yeah, like I was telling you backstage, mine mine went last week because we live in Delaware. And, uh, yeah, it's definitely a tearjerker for sure. Um, I'm uh, – yeah, I, I, didn't, I have two girls, so I didn't really – didn't like unleashing, you know, them into the the school districts and such. And we're from we're from Delaware County uh, originally, but um, it was definitely a, definitely a new new chapter for sure, and I'm one that I would definitely was not ready for. So I can definitely agree with you on that one. Um, before we jump into well, as we jump into this, um, definitely want to rip off our sponsors. Uh, we do have a farewell for uh, Body Check Wellness at uh, www buycheckwellness.com you can use promo code ocs for 25 percent off your cbd needs i do believe they are closing their doors soon so uh they're gonna have some clearance stuff going on there uh you can also go to www.norsebeards.com and use our promo code ocs for uh, at all caps for 25 percent off your beardsman needs and you can go to righteousfelon.com our newest beef jerky uh sponsor and use promo code OCSN for 15% off your jerky needs. It's probably the best jerky you've ever had. I've had no complaints. So let's jump into some alley talk. Um, I definitely wanted to it's, – it's interesting to get someone else's opinion off of my show. If you ever listen to Flyers Alley, we don't really agree very often. Um, my cousin's my co-host. We have our, other guy, our new guy, Anthony Verasso, who's from Boston – Boston Flyers fan. Um, That's an odd very, combination. <laughs> it's very interesting. He also has another podcast <laughs> called uh, Off the Rails. It's him uh, protecting the Flyers in Boston against his co-host, uh, Mikey McCartney, who's a, a diehard Boston fan. So that's just off the rails, as it's called. Um, yeah, we don't we don't get along very, very often. Um, rarely do we agree, especially about all the stuff that's been going on. So one of the first things I wanted to talk to you about was the offseason pros and cons. What are, in your opinion, some of the pros that have happened in the offseason, if you can even name any? Uh, well, one pro is I think you definitely shored up that uh, that first pairing defense, hopefully, um, by adding Tony D'Angelo. You know, you, you don't know if Ryan Ellis is ever going to play hockey again. So it was an absolute necessity to 
grab a number one capable defenseman. He may not actually be on paper a number one defenseman, but he had a heck of a year with Carolina. And if you can continue that, he's going to shine next to a guy like Ivan Provorov. Um, other than that, I don't really like the money that was spent on him. But the term's not too bad. It, it is still, if he can continue his success, it's still a tradable contract. So I'd say that's a big-time pro from uh, going from last season to this season is shoring up defense just a little bit more. Yeah, I definitely have to agree with you on that. I, I'm, I'm a big fan of as long as he comes to work and does his job, I don't really care what he does. Um, it, it, I mean, it's like going to your job, and you know, I tell my boss all the time, you know, I'm not here to be friendly with everybody. I'm here to work. So, I mean, it, how long? I think we have a countdown of how long him and Ivan Proverall, how long it takes for them to get into a fist fight, whether it's going to be in, you know, training camp or it's going to be something that actually folds into something that becomes a great pairing. Because, I mean, they're, I mean, Ivan Proverall is a great defenseman, but at the same time, I think there were some reports, whether they were true or not. I mean, it is what it is. The reports come out. Um, that he was kind of questioning a lot of things of, you know, where his position was going to be, if he was going to be a top D man or not. And I don't think anyone had an answer for him, but um, Tony D'Angelo coming in. I mean, do you see that working with him and Ivan Provorov? I mean, who's to know? Unfortunately, we can't be a fly on the wall in the locker room or really know what story's true, what stories aren't. I've heard Ivan Provorov can be a little bit of a uh, – a suck up, if that's what, if, you know what I mean? Stuck up is what I, I meant more than suck up. Okay. He's a little bit stuck up in his attitude towards uh, the way he plays, and and he's better than everybody. I, I hear it, but again, I don't personally know the guy. I don't know him in the locker room. I, I, I can only judge what I can see. And what I seen last year was the entire team was a complete disaster. So... <laughs> Can we blame anybody for coming into off-season meetings going, F this team, and I went off? So if there was any validity that to that rumor, I mean, I kind of don't blame the kid. Like, uh, it's been, what, four, he's been on the team now four years, five years? And we've gotten him a number one defenseman once, Matt Niskanen? And then, what, Ryan Ellis? I was like, oh, yeah, we're going to get you Ryan Ellis, this, that, and the other thing. Going to be a heck of a pair. And he played four games. Got the guy. So it's like... <laughs> He got his hopes up, and then uh, look what happened. Exactly, and they look good for those four games. So it's like, <laughs> it, I think it was a, an absolute um, shell shock to the defensive core. I think last year when Ellis still had more points than the uh, all, almost almost everyone on the team, especially the the defenseman, passed when he played. He was still he still was leading in points, which I mean he 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 was an elite um, defenseman, but at the same time, you know, I don't know. I, I've I've been a big fan of of it was kind of an exposure of Ivan Provorov almost. Uh, whether that w w can be said or not, I mean, you can't really tell. Like you said, how bad the season was last year, you can't really even say that it was an exposure because it's kind of like f this, like this is this is insanity. You can you can say. You know, what's the, the running mantra around Ivan Provorov from the draft? He's a number one defenseman. He's a bona fide number one defenseman. This, that, and the other thing. I'm going to be honest with you. I don't I don't think it. I think he is a first pairing defenseman. Is he a number one overall defenseman? No. 
He's a 1A, 1B type guy. He needs a B to be an A. He needs an A to be a B. He's not the 1A of uh, Flyers pass. He's not Chris Pronger. You know what I mean? You don't have the A there. You know, it's just he is what he is. But that being said, last year it was nearly impossible to blame everything on the defensive pairings. The forward group had no idea what they were doing in their own zone. How do you, at the end of the day, when you got five guys crashing in front of the net, I know everybody's seen that picture a thousand times at this point. Guys just laying all over the ice for our team. And I guess, I think it was Buffalo, wasn't it? And then they just pass it back out to the point and nobody's covering the points. And it's like, well, uh, I don't really care if you have Chris Pronger. None of that's going to fix anything. Right. Right, and that, that that's actually a good point too. With uh, I, I I'm tired of the Flyers becoming the team that uh, teams break their losing streak on, and that was that was that was. Uh, I'm the most optimistic person when it comes to you know the Flyers, and at that point I was like, okay, what, what's what's uh, what's going on here? This is the Buffalo Sabers. I mean, so, um, yeah, I mean. Can you not blame the defensive core though? Because, and I hate to say that I hate to say this because I was such a fan of um, Keith Yandel when he came in. He was my, he was my favorite. Look, I know, I, dude. I've caught so much shit. Don't don't even. I, I, I've heard it all. I, he was my favorite player off the Flyers. Then he came to the Flyers, and I was like, whoa, this uh, this is not solidifying very much here. If you got Keith Yandel. Eight years ago, I would have been excited about it. Keith Yandel, old end of his road. I mean, for God's sakes. I mean, the guy was playing on Arizona, and they were considering scratching him. Right. (laughs) Well, it's more the fact of what, like, so there's also things that I believe in that, uh, actually, one of the things we actually do agree on on Flyers Alley is is what's happened with the culture here. Um, He was brought in to be, you know, the power play specialist, and he wasn't really used as that. You know, he was kind of brought in to do a certain. There was a lot of guys that were brought in to do certain things that just weren't used at, for the things they were brought in for. So, I mean, I do think that, that Yandel is just, it's done. I mean, obviously, it's, you know, stick a fork. It, it is what it is. But at the same time, I do think that there were, there were times where he should have been put in the position that he was supposed to be put in for, and he wasn't. And I think that that had a lot to do with his play because he's not chasing anyone down. I mean, we saw that. We saw. I'm going to be honest with you. The entire year was a cluster F from start to finish. Um, It started out uh, pretty well. I mean, but even at the same time, I'm pretty sure all of us, even though we were winning the games, were watching going. I don't think this is going to last very long. They're they're having a lot of breakdowns everywhere. And uh, again, I was not a big AV fan from Jump Street. Uh, I, yeah, I don't like his coaching style. Um, I don't like his coaching style. I don't like the his lack of ability to make changes on the fly. He makes zero in-game adjustments at all. So once a team figures out what you're doing, and believe me, these teams have people on the payroll that literally just sit there and watch videos. Like, but again, Yandel wasn't used on the power play. Proveroff was used a little too much on the power play. I think we all agree Proveroff does not make quick enough decisions to be the point guy on a power play. It took three quarters of the season before they pulled him off the power play. That's, an, that's a crappy move. But at the same time, I, th- last year was such, 
a mess. I'm just done talking. Like I'm done. I'm over with it. I'm ready for it to just be done. History. I like that. I like that. No, I like that because it's uh, it usually it gets to to the point uh before the season starts and everybody kind of kind of forgets, but they don't forget. Nobody has forgotten about last year yet. Like they're still gung ho on it. Um, it, it is definitely a bad look too, which. I, everyone, everyone hates my takes on this because I, I love hockey for different reasons than everyone else. I, I'm, I'm still a Broad Street bully guy, so like, I, I liked the Nick Delorier edition. I love my Zach McEwen. You know, I, I'm, I'm all about that. You don't put wrist alignment on the power play. That happened a couple times, and it was kind of like, eh. I think, I think at the point that that happened, they were just trying to figure anything out. Yeah, like. Anything. I mean, at that point, you're throwing crap at a wall and hoping it sticks. Right. So, I mean, you can't really fault the coaching staff or those guys for going, you know what? Let's screw it. Let's put Justin Braun out there. What's the worst that can happen? It can't be any worse than the product we already have. I mean, their power play was what? Like 14% or something last year? Like, it was bad. It was the worst in the league by far. And at that point, I'm trying anything I can. I think they finally found a little bit of a gem in the rough with this comment here with Cam York. Um, I think Cam York is a guy who can help run the power play. And Tony D'Angelo, for sure, is a guy who dominates on the power play when given the opportunity. Seeing it in Carolina, guy put up 60 points. Well, that that's a great that's a great point, too. So on the podcast, then, because this is going to go up on Spotify at some point, uh, Sam Wismer asks, who would you guys pair Cam York with this season? Um uh, would, do you put him with Tony D'Angelo? And I kind of wanted to get with with your your point that you just said. No one is really giving him the credit of what he did in Carolina. It's still just the hate, 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 hate. Which you know, like I said, you know, it's I'm all for the guy. It's always a witch hunt on Twitter. It's it's a Flyers Twitter can be an extremely toxic place. Absolutely. And if, if all you do is listen to a couple of the crowds, you'd swear Tony D'Angelo was burning crosses out front in a in a white hat. Like, I mean, it's it's not the case. Did the guy make mistakes? Yes, all of us made mistakes. I hope to God people do not have a recording of me when I was 20 years old. Wow. I like, think he was 18. Can you imagine when, when I was 18? Oh, my God. <laughs> exactly. Like, the crap that used to be said jokingly, seriously, whatever. I mean, give it a rest. It's over. He's a flyer now. Either embrace him or shut up. Just get off of Twitter for two seconds. All right. I like it. I mean, I agree with that all that completely. But So who do you put Cam York with this season? I think, honestly, no lie, um, I'm going Justin Braun for Cam York. Justin Braun's extremely steady third-pairing defenseman at this point in his career. He is not a number – He's a, not a first-pairing defenseman. Last year, he was playing with Ivan Provorov. That's how fast and hard the rails or the train came off the rails last year. Is Justin Braun was your first-pairing defenseman? Yeah, you're not going to have a good season. <laughs> but he, I think he pairing, better the seasons with us, though, you got to give him that. His first season, he came here. It was like, what is happening? You know, this is why San Jose got rid of him. Wow. But I, I always like Justin Braun, um, what he brings to the table. He's not flashy. He's not going to blow anybody's doors off. He's not very good at skating, to be honest with you. But he's somehow always seems to be in decent position. 
Yep. He always knows where the play is developing, where it's going. And for a guy like Cam York to be alongside of that, to have a guy who I don't know if you guys ever um, pay that much attention to the games, but Justin Braun's a very vocal player too. He's constantly yelling to his partner. He's constantly giving direction. He's constantly uh, coaching, even when like he's on the ice coaching. So I think that goes a long way for a guy like Cam York. On the third pair, you can get some sheltered minutes on a third pair to really be able to develop your NHL game with a guy who's been in the league for what, 14 seasons now, um, yep. 15 seasons. It's a no brainer to have Justin Braun there. And then again, you have your seventh and Nick sealer, or, or you got Ronnie Atard who, if Justin Braun gets hurt or, you know, you got your plug and play guys for seventh, your, your seventh defenseman jumping in on that sixth slot. Listen, I, I, Ronnie Atard is not ready, in my opinion. I don't think he's. I don't yeah. think he's ready to play next year. Like, nah. I think he can be a plug and play player, especially if he if he flourishes in a torts type system. Absolutely, guy skates gotta, well enough to play in the NHL. That's for sure. These kids got a season in in the Phantoms for the love of God. For the love of God, let them let them do something down there for at least two years. Don't bring them up and hope that they're gonna save us in a chase for the wild card like that's that seems to be the deal again every time uh, somebody else. again that's why they that's why they they re-signed nick sealer big fan nick is because nick sealer is a plug and play nhl defenseman if uh justin braun needs a maintenance day nick sealer is going to get the call well plus, <coughs> for defense they're gonna put him on the what was he on the wing he was going back and forth from the wing last year who sealer yeah Nah, Sealer was just playing defense last year for the Flyers. The only person that tried that wing defense to wing experiment was uh, Morin, and that lasted a whole game. <laughs> uh, I could have sworn there was a couple times that they used him on the wing, but I, I have been wrong very many times. Unless they were very short players, but I don't, uh, I don't recall that. It wasn't for a stint, I don't think. It was definitely like a game. It wasn't for extended periods of time. The team was also missing four centers. Their four top four centers were out all at once last year, too. So, I mean, again, crap at a wall. I hope it sticks. <laughs> Anything can happen. Anything can happen. So what So what would you say that the biggest – and I, I almost know – well, I don't know. I, I don't want to assume. Um, the biggest con of the offseason, in your opinion? The biggest con of the offseason for me was the second they said blank check. They they screwed themselves with the fan base almost immediately before they ever had a chance to to build any kind of relationship there. They pretty much lit that bridge on fire. And I mean, everybody's on Twitter, I think at least that listens to this. So yep. you've seen that crap show from Jump Street. They said blank check, blank check, blank check. They didn't shed any salary. They didn't attempt, or at least from what it appears to make the team better offensively. Um, I think that's your biggest con is the second they said blank check, everybody and their mother went, they're going for Johnny Goudreau. They're going, they're going to go get Johnny Goudreau. And when a top five player in the league, a top five winger in the league says, Hey, I want to go to this team. I want to go play in Philly. And you guys don't even make an attempt to go clear space to go get them. I mean, you're alienating a large portion of the fan base, especially with your comments earlier when it what was it February, I think it was. Yeah, it um 
not a good look at all. Um, especially because I, I forget who I forget what trade it was that was compared to it. Because uh, they said, I, I think they came out and ended up saying they just couldn't move JVR, just couldn't couldn't happen. And then, you know, I forget was it Kachuk that got moved? It was either yeah, but Kachuk got moved for Huberdeau, but that was that was a straight up hockey trade. I don't. That wasn't really a cap dump situation. There was a trade in there somewhere that was was something like that, and uh, it just it was compared to the to the Johnny Goudreau thing. And then he goes to to Columbus, which is kind of like. I don't really know why. I mean, you're doing that either because they're not ready for pretty much anything for at least another two or three years. I mean, depends if Line A stays. Yeah, that's true. If if Line A stays, that team is going to be a lot better than everybody's anticipating. You added a, a pretty much a hundred point guy who who gets most of his points through assists, passing to a guy we all know can pick any corner of the net at any given point. On the ice, right? So, I mean, this you're talking about a hundred point guy, possibly getting pushing somebody over the fifty goal mark. That that wins you a lot of games, man. Ah, <laughs> uh, there it is. Thank you, Mike Monahan, and the 2025 first, I believe it was what I was talking about. Yeah, that is what I was talking. About. Yes, but Monahan, well, what Monahan's got two years on his contract, right? Two years yeah. left at what six two five? I think it was. I think it was six two five, and Mont. It was to Montreal, I believe, wasn't it? Yeah, Montreal got my hand. Montreal so. loves their project players. Yeah, Historically, love their project players. We have none, so we had no. We had no real chance at that. From what I understand, is in order to move JVR, everybody was asking for a twenty twenty three first, and we're all not expecting to be very good this season. That price is a little <laughs> steep, even for me. I mean, and I'm one to go, screw it, get rid of the pick, get your player that you want. But yeah. 2023 first, when that, that first round is going to be absolutely stacked. Do you, you do agree that we're not getting Bedard, though? I mean, it, it's completely insane to think that we would get Bedard. And no, are you kidding me? This franchise, been, this franchise has been cursed for years. There's no way we're getting the number one overall even, pick. Well, even the well, fact – we we couldn't get in there anyway because we're not we we're not going to be bad enough to be. I mean, it, it, my my prediction uh, would be uh, Chicago, probably. Would, you know, so like I don't know if, because if we do get rid of the, the we we should have got rid of that because we're not. I mean, we could get somebody else, of course, but I mean, the, and I hate to keep bringing up like the fan base and such and whatever. I mean, just because I'm constantly arguing with them, but um, we're not getting Bedard, so like. That everyone's saying, you know, just just we're dive, not, dive, dive, so we could get Bedard. Like we're not. There's plenty of people to get. We're not getting Bedard. But in in the same sense, does does Johnny Goudreau actually come to our team and actually make that much of a difference? See again, that's another thing. Does Johnny Goudreau even work here? Who's exactly. he passing that, that the puck? Be- Who's right. he passing the puck? Who's our top line goal scorer? No. Travis exactly. connecting. I've been hearing for 10 years that guy's a 30-goal thir- scorer, and I have never seen it. <laughs> no shot. What was that? No way. no way. It's not. That's my point. It's just, I mean, yeah, he's not going to be able to – he's not going to – he's got no one passing the puck to him. So, he's, he's not – I don't think he comes here. He, he, he moves the needle as much as everybody thinks. You can have the all-star guy, but, I mean, he's got to have people to, around him to play with him. So, I mean, I just never and thought it was the answer. That was my – 
And it's a hefty price tag to pay for somebody who hmm, may move the needle a little bit in the right direction. Uh, again, if the price was right, if he was willing to take a little bit of a hometown discount and come here and, and we could have made it work without giving up our 2023 first, I would have did it all day long. But again, like you said, we're not getting Bedard. I understand we're not getting Bedard, but this year is going to tell you a lot about the Philadelphia Flyers and where they're, what direction they go in next. Because if it's if it's a complete disaster like it is next year, expect a complete teardown rebuild. There's no other way out at that point. And do you want to get rid of your first round pick going into one of the deepest drafts since Richards Carter draft? No, I think I'm going to keep that. <laughs> yep. Well, that's that's definitely true. I just don't. I, I'm just tired of the Bedard the Bedard talk. Yeah, I don't think there's ever a chance of getting Bedard, and I think the Flyers are actually going to be better than we're all anticipating. Oh, I agree with you 100%. That's just the Flyers thing to do. We all expect them to suck, and they're going to end up in the first round of the playoffs, and we're all going to be like, what the hell happened? (laughs) I'm going to follow you in the hell with that statement. I'm going to follow you in the hell with that statement because I I 100% believe that uh, it's possible. It's not. It's not that bad looking of a team. But the main reason why I think it could happen is is what they're doing. They're they're doing a lot of so they they finally resigned uh, Zach McEwen. You just got Nick Delorier. You have um, Nick Sealer will do this. Like, are they recreate? Is Torch recreating? Is he trying to fight his way to the cup? I don't think so. I think it's a. Uh... I think what you what you notice big time in Torts because I'm I'm a huge Torts fan. I love his systems. I love the way the guy plays or the way the guy coaches. He's a very heavy, heavy four check team. Okay, but also heavily defensive minded too. So you, you're you're gonna get if the Flyers do good this year, you're gonna see a lot of two one, three two, four two. You know what I mean? Wins. You're not going to see the blowout 5 nothing win from the Philadelphia Flyers. It's going to happen occasionally, but not often. Seattle. What was that? Seattle. Seattle, yeah. Yeah. I, That's I'm, not going to happen. I'm on board with that, though. I mean, I, I don't want – I was saying last week, I forget who I was talking – I think I was talking to uh, Hoags. Um, I, don't, I don't want the – I'm okay with the ugly wins. I don't need like the sexy win. I don't need the blowout of, you know, nine to two. Like, I don't want that. That's not two points or two points. What's that? Two points or two points. Yeah. Whether you win by 10 or whether you win by one, two points or two points. It doesn't freaking matter. I'm a big advocate for, I want them to bring the animosity back. And I personally think that's what's happening. And I think Torch is going to deliver that. Um, But that also brings me to my next topic, which is who fails under Torch? And I will say this right now. I did kind of get these two next uh, topics from uh, the Pot Street Bullies. They were a really good segment. So I figured uh, unleashing them on you was probably a good idea. Um, <laughs> who, who, uh, who fails under torts? I think, see, a big guy I don't think is going to thrive under torts is uh, the lazy play from Travis Konechny. I oh, think oh, that's yeah. going to fail big time under torts. He, he's going to bench Konechny for the, the lackadaisical skating without the puck. It doesn't fly in a tort system. 
Um, a, a guy, surprisingly, I think might fail under torts. And I'm, I'm hoping it's not the case, but this is going to be one that gets tossed out there for me. Travis Sanheim. I think Travis Sanheim may not fit a torts system. He doesn't play physically. He doesn't use his frame. And torts demands his players box people out. Demands them play physically. If you can't get the puck from that guy, that guy better not be skating away happy with the puck. And how many times do we watch Sanheim go, oh, there goes the guy with the puck. Oh, there goes the guy with the puck. And I'm just saying, Sanheim had a good year last year. Well, as good as yeah, what the Flyers' <laughs> definition of good is. But I think that's a guy who may falter a bit. We have uh, a loyal fan of ours. His his uh, nephew is actually Brandon Montour from the Florida Panthers. Uh, Greg Montour is an absolute advocate for making Stanheim's life a living hell on a constant basis. So all <laughs> last season, when he was messing up, we were getting messages almost every five seconds. So I can agree with that. I, I honestly think it's going to be JVR. I See, I think the opposite. I think JVR is going to be fine under Torts. Yep. I think he's going to be fine because – Torts is going to get JVR to use his body. Um, not last year was a disaster for JVR, but do you remember JVR the year before? Yeah. When he put up, what did he put up? 50, 50 points or something like that? He he scores though. That's the thing is you can't get no, 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 but it wasn't it wasn't just him scoring. His first year under um AV, he was hitting people. Remember when he leveled that guy in Boston? And I was like, well, what is going on right now? It was like the third game of the season. And he right. leveled some guy in Boston. And I'm going, I think it was Nick Ritchie, too. Another big guy. That's so if Torts, can get, if Torts can get JVR to use his body, which we all know, he is a big kid. He's 6'4". Yeah. He's not small. <laughs> if you can get him to use his body and get him in on the forecheck and get him playing more like a power forward, I don't think it lasts long, but another reason I think JVR excels is look at his numbers every year his contract's up. Yeah. Every year his contract's up, which is this year, mm -hmm. he scores 30 goals and he has at least 25 assists. Look at every freaking year his contract's up. Guess yeah. what? His contract's up. He's playing for his next deal. Guess who's going to do whatever's asked of him? The guy who wants the big money next year. That's true. It may be so. just more of a, I don't want that. To, I want that to go that way. Just put him through the absolute gauntlet. But like I said, like I, I, I definitely want him to move because of his contract, because of how much it is, obviously. But He's I do. He's going after this year anyway. Right. It's, 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 it's done and over after this year. But at the same time, like he scores. Like I said, you can't even be that mad. Like you can't be that mad at him. But at the same time, it's like, dude, like you got to go. Like, let's go. Do yourself, do yourself a favor. Yeah. Change your mindset on JVR and hope to God he puts up 30 by the trade deadline. I can alter my perception a little bit. Just a little bit. Put up 30 before the trade deadline. Get me another first round pick for next year. Thank you. A team going into the playoffs that needs some scoring depth. Oh, yeah. First round pick all day long. Well, if he's on fire, I don't want, and we're going in, we're looking great. I don't want to get rid of him. Yeah. Like, yeah. But I'll take, I'll take the first round it. pick all day long, dude. <laughs> for a contract that you know is gone after the year. I also don't want to sign him for another big boy either. So, I mean, yeah. I don't, which he's I'll not re signing here. Yeah, yeah. Give, give that up. He's definitely not re signing here. Well, then that kind of moves on to who succeeds under torts. So, I guess you're saying JVR is going to succeed. Um, 
your next two biggest guys, if they can stay healthy, Kevin Hayes and Couturier, they're going to excel under torts. They're going to absolutely excel under torts. They're both workhorses. I and agree Torch works his centers, man. If if they can stay healthy, you're going to see probably a 55, 60 point season from Kevin Hayes. You're going to see that dominant PK performance out of Kevin Hayes again. And if Coots can stay healthy, everybody's crossing their fingers on that. You're, you're probably going to see a 60, 70 point season from Coots. That's my, that's, that's always my, you know, thing is, I mean, it depends because everybody's talking about the, the captain and they're doing this and that and it's Coots, but he's got to be on ice. I mean, if he's not on ice, he's not going to be captain. This is how it's going to be. I mean, but. If he stays healthy, if they stay healthy, they're gonna they're gonna put a dent in the season. It's definitely gonna happen. Um, but yeah, I could agree. I was gonna say Kevin Hayes. Um, I think he's gonna be great under torts. Um, you, you can't really you can't really talk about like the Zach McEwens and the Nick Deloriers and such because they they know what they're gonna do. They know what they're here for. Um, you want to know one more player that is on my mind immediately that's gonna excel under torts if he can I mean, stay healthy. Yeah. If he can stay healthy, Wade Allison. Oh, my boy. <laughs> That's my boy. He's yeah. a workhorse. He's a freaking workhorse. You you want to talk about a player John Tortorella's going to fall in love with? Yeah. It's the guy who doesn't give up on any play whatsoever. It's Wade Allison. Listen, this guy. Wait, you know, you remember last year when he got stepped on? Yep. Text me this picture of his 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 thing completely wide open. And I'm like, guys, right, so what are you gonna do? He's like, oh, I'm gonna stitch it back up and just go back on the list. I'm like, bro, like, what do you what do you mean? What do you what are you doing? What do you mean? He's just he's an absolute I don't even know if workhorse, I think it's almost like a Spartan at this point. He he just he won't stop. He just won't stop. Um, and if I, I really think if anyone deserves it, it's that guy. He's he's an, a, one of my faves. So another guy though needs to stay healthy. Mm -hmm. And his level of compete, his body size doesn't really allow players like that to stay healthy too often. I mean, he throws himself at every shift. He goes after everybody and he doesn't give up on plays. Yeah. That gets you hurt. It gets you hurt at this level. So again, I'm rooting for the kid. I love him. I love his style of play, but you got to stay healthy. Yeah. I think that had a lot to do with, uh, with his um, contract as well for him getting signed was, I know that that well, I don't know, but I can imagine that he was probably asking for something, and it wasn't. I mean, he he had to. Stay, you got to stay healthy, guy. I mean, it's just. Uh, I think after this season, if he stays healthy, that it'll obviously go up. But I think I think you're right about that. He's gonna. I think he'll be the guy that thrives under under torch if he could stay healthy. Yeah. So my understanding of the Wade contract situation. Um, I hope I don't get anybody in trouble on this one. Uh, was Wade wanted Wade wanted two years one way. Um, the Flyers went with uh, met him in the middle, uh, one year two way, one year one way. Um, second year is obviously one way, um, but it wasn't just about it wasn't just about um, if he could stay healthy so they could send him down or whatnot. It was also about, they have to juggle salary cap this year. Right. So I don't know if you remember last year, the amount of paper pushing that went on oh, towards yeah. the end of the season, you know, guys up and down every day just to meet the cap mm -hmm. ceilings, the cap, you know what I mean? So I think that that two way was, Hey, listen, we don't want to lose you on waivers. So we have to also have you on a two way this year 
so we can go up and down with uh, it's like paper it's they're just paper moves the guy doesn't even leave the locker room uh my buddy chic uh is on my other show uh delco dive you gotta check that out it's a craft beer show we just test our craft we have a bunch of craft beer sponsors and we get uh, honorable mentions as well and we do them live on uh on here it's pretty good uh what's up fellas love to talk about who will succeed with the flyers this season um yeah, I mean, you gotta you gotta talk about that, and that that actually, one of the things that I really hope Chuck Fletcher meant when he said it was he has a spotlight on Tanner Lazinski and Wade Allison this year, and I really hope that he uh, kind of lets that play out because more I don't I don't know too much about Tanner Lazinski. I'm learning more about him every day, uh, but I know a lot about Wade Allison. I've been waiting for about three years for this guy, so I hope yeah, I hope yeah. he stays healthy. We've had Tanner on the show a couple of times. He's a really nice kid, um, hard worker. The kid works his balls off. But uh, another one, stay healthy. Yeah, stay healthy. Another another guy. You know, hip problems, uh, injury galore, man. Every time it looks like they're going in the right direction, some freak thing happens. You know, it's like we get it because you play so hard, but at the same time, like there's there's a point in a time. Battles. <laughs> don't hit everything, but you know, don't let anything go either. Um, yeah. So, uh, moving on to that, this is a good one, and I, I haven't, I literally have talked to absolutely nobody about this. The two goalies, the two goalies that are going at it, Sandstrom and Grossnick. Um, does it even matter? I mean, <laughs> it doesn't. Honestly, <laughs> as bad as this sounds, it doesn't freaking matter. You could stick a damn uh, trash can in there for all. I, I mean, I prepare for Carter Hart to play eighty-two games this season. <laughs> <laughs> That's the scary part. That's the scary yeah. part. Is is how does this affect Carter Hart's playing time? If Carter Hart's got to play sixty games, this is going to be a this is going to be a very bad season because if he goes down with any sort of injury. We are screwed. We are absolutely screwed. Again, uh, see, I always root for the kid that I dra- like. My team drafted, so I'm rooting for Sandstrom. But if Grosnick takes it, he takes it. It it is what it is. The guy's got more experience as a backup, more pro experience. It is what it is. But at this yeah. point, it's it's a roll of the dice. Like I don't it's think either of them. Much. I don't think either of them really moves the needle. I think the. I agree. Yeah. It's going to be rough. It's going to be rough every time either one of those guys are in the net. That's what's going to happen. We've seen Sandstrom. Uh, and the thing is, is Sandstrom has been given the opportunities. So um, it just hasn't looked that great. Um, Grossnick played a couple games last season. So his, you know, save percentage is higher, obviously. But um, I love the idea of Felix Sandstrom I have since we got him. And uh, I don't know. I mean, um, I cannot remember the Russian kid's name, but it screwed Fido everything Tov. up. Fedotov. Fedotov, that's right. Yeah, yeah. He, he messed. That messed everything up. So then it became a scramble. There has to I be mean, one. If you guys, if you guys want, we can we can figure out a way to get in the Russia and smuggle him out of the gulag. I mean, well, Detroit Russians did it back in the day. So I mean, yeah, <laughs> we can do it. Um, Chuck Fletcher, never <laughs> he was, he's not even touching that subject, which I'll blame him. Really. I wouldn't want to mess with that either. Um, 
but yeah, so I, I honestly don't think uh, I think we agree on it. I don't think it matters, but at the same time, I hope it's Felix Sandstrom. I, I'm just I like the idea of Felix Sandstrom, and he's got a cool ass name, so I mean, works out. That's, that's he's a big kid. He, he's a big kid who has the ability, same as Grossneck. They both they both have the ability to play backup at an NHL level, but it's like it's like a sparingly backup type deal, like. Oh, our back, Martin, like in. Martin Jones is hurt or Carter Hart's hurt, so we have to bring somebody up to play backup. I don't trust either of those guys right this very second at playing backup permanent for the entire year, but we don't really have a choice in the matter now, do we? There's going to be a lot of ugly spots this year, <laughs> but like like you said earlier, I, I'm I'm 100. I'll follow you in the hell with it. They're going to do better than everybody thinks, and I think uh, so. But I don't know in what department that's going to come from. Um, the score has to get picked up. And uh, that kind of brings me to, you know, who do you think is going to have a breakout season? Um, now, this can go with anybody, anybody that could be brought up. I mean, a lot of people, including myself, I to see him all season, Noah Cates. Um, he's a good, he's got a good thing going for him. I think he needs seasoning, but uh, breakout, breakout uh, player of this year. I mean, who do you think it would be? I've said it. I've, I've said it multiple times on HW. Noah Cates is definitely a dark horse for me. I mean, the guy, he plays like Matt Reed. He reminds me of Matt Reed. When, remember when Matt Reed first came out of college and, yeah. and jumped on? And I'm like, holy crap, where did this guy come from? And he, what did he pot, 20? He was 20, like three seasons in a row? Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, I'll take a third line winger that pots 23 seasons in a row all day long. I mean, Noah Cates has a chance at it. I think your big time breakout players, uh, Farabee, once he gets healthy, I think he's going to put up a career year once he gets healthy, or at least be on pace to put up a career year. It depends how long he's out for. Um, and I think Wade Allison is a big time breakout for the team. I got to agree with you on pretty much all of them. Um, I, I'm a little hesitant on the Farabee thing, and the only reason why is is the stay healthy thing, which is going to be a huge. It's going to be the main thing everybody talks about this season for for the team. Um, and like uh, my guy Sheik uh, said, what would success look for the Flyers this uh, year as a team? I think if they could stay healthy and, and just win some games, I think you know that would be something for me. But at the same time, I'm a huge guy with the culture needs to change with the flyers the city has no pulse and needs to be revived you got to get you got to get the the fans back to the to the to the wells fargo center and i think if they obviously if they start winning some games they fill up some of the seats and like i said it doesn't have to be pretty pretty games pretty wins you just got to do something have a pulse like we didn't have a pulse last not year not just not just that but if you lose don't go down like a like a ton of bricks either right i mean Go out there and give me something. Like, I mean, I, I tell everybody the same thing. And again, I, I'm a huge advocate for physicality in a hockey game. Same. It's just how I was raised. I mean, we were raised on the Broad Street Bullies. Do I expect the Broad Street Bullies to be back this year? Absolutely not. I do. But I expect to be entertained. <laughs> I Entertain me. Because you remember 06, 07? We were by far the worst team in the league. Oh my God! Yeah. Oh my God! Yeah. yeah. And then, and then we we lose the first overall pick to uh, Chicago, who got Patrick Kane. And we ended up with who? JVR. <laughs> but that year, regardless of how bad they played, I tuned in every freaking night because Riley Cote, Ben Eager, all those guys, Todd Fedorik, all those guys were on the team. So I knew I was going to be entertained. 
Right. <laughs> like, well, that's. I think there was a statistic uh, down in, in Washington. Now, obviously, they have a Vetchkin and they're Stanley Cup winners, but there's a very good amount, a percentage of people that legitimately come to the game still to watch Tom Wilson fight or to hit people. Tom Wilson, well, he's also a, you know, for was it first or second round draft pick? He can play. Yeah, and he puts up 20 goals a year, too. So, like, that helps. <laughs> so, Vegas, look at Vegas, right? And then look at New York. Why? why what happened? What, what was Vegas's chip on their shoulder? Now that's gone. Notice who's gone. Uh, New York has has a chip on their shoulder. Their guys made it uh, into the playoffs this year. Why did that happen? Not exactly why that happened, but the players were able to play. Ryan Reeves. I mean, Adam Fox is why that happened. I know. I'm just saying. I'm just, <laughs> there's there's like multiple reasons why that happened. But if the players can play with confidence and know that they're protected, that's that's just how it is. I mean, so well. My big, my big pet peeve with everybody who hates the moves. So the guys like Nick Delorier, they oh. don't move the needle. They can't play hockey. This, that, and the other thing. First off, Nick Delorier's played on the PK, a very good PK, for the last three years. He's been playing PK minutes, like full time PK minutes. So don't tell me he can't play hockey. First off, second off. If you have never played hockey before with a teammate like a Nick Delorier or a Zach McEwen, you have no idea what you're talking about because I've played with guys like that and the space on the ice opens up. Guys mm -hmm. aren't going to come try to take your head off if they know they have to answer for it. Do hits still happen? Absolutely. Are they a lot cleaner and a lot softer than they would have been without a guy like Nick Delorier on the ice? Yes. I think a guy like Nick Delorier being on the team, and I don't think that he's going to be on a third line, but I think that if the game gets physical, you're going to see McEwen and Delorier get shuffled through the lines because a guy like Nick Delorier provides so much space for a guy like Morgan Frost. Mm. Morgan Frost is going to get manhandled at this league level if Noah Cates and Owen Tippett's on his line because right. who's coming to your defense? Nobody. So guess what? Guess who's going to be on that line next shift? Nick Deloria, guess who's going to have a lot more space? Morgan Frost and Owen Tippett or Noah Cates and Morgan Frost. Right. So if, you do, if you've never played before, I, I understand the whole idea of these guys, all they do is fight. That's not what they do. They're actually pretty good at hockey. I mean, they did make they it to the best in the entire world. Yeah, like, right. <laughs> so they yeah. are pretty good at hockey. Frank Bailoa says it all the time. You know, I did play professional hockey. I did learn how to play. I've played I've played with Frank Bailoas personally, and I can tell you he's a hell of a lot freaking better in hockey than 99% of the people I've ever played with. I'm not getting on noise with him. I'm good friends with Frank. I'm not getting on noise with him. No, no, no chance in fucking hell. I've heard his stories. I don't have time for him. On noise. At a bar, yeah, we're good to go, but not on noise. I'll pass. <laughs> um yeah, I agree with you, and it's very nice, and I don't mean to be pumping your tires up. It's very nice to hear someone else say the exact same thing that I'm saying all the time. I'm a big, big advocate for the enforcers. I know they're not really called enforcers anymore because no one likes that term, um, but you need them. You have to have them, and the Flyers have them now, and it's a, it's a good – I like it. It's a good look, so – I mean, we'll I like. See. I love that. I, I I would absolutely hate to be the defenseman who has to go get the puck that was chipped in when Nick Delorier, Patrick Brown, and Zach McEwen are on the ice. Like Patrick. I would absolutely hate it. And you know what that does to a defenseman who's got to go get that puck? It makes him second guess his decision. It oh, makes absolutely. him make a mistake. It makes him screw something up. A play 
even as small as turning the puck over and granted it's turning it over to Nick Delorier, Patrick Brown and Zach McEwen. So the chances of it ending up in the net slim to none, but chances of it becoming an offensive zone draw. I like those chances. Yeah. That's the that's the stuff people don't account for. Is it Nick Delorier, Patrick Brown, and McEwen that fourth line on a four check? Good chance that they end up causing the play to stop in that zone. And now you can stick out your first, your second, or your third line and have a chance at the net. That doesn't happen without the four check of your fourth line. It doesn't. But people don't understand that. They just think everything's about the big deke and the fastest skater contest. Fastest skater contest. Yep. That is it. And it, it's kind of like people forgot about what hockey was like back in the day, to be honest with you. And like you said, if you didn't play, well, you don't know. Look at even the teams that win championships today. Look at their fourth line. What do they do? Exactly what we're describing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, do they have a little more talent on there? Yeah. You, you, you're, you're not going to get away from that. The, the, the fact that the championship caliber teams have more talent on their fourth line yeah no no shit everybody yeah. we're well aware like <laughs> they're fully out in the open at this point um well yeah with that being said um gonna get to almost wrapping this thing up i don't know if you have a final thought i like to do final thoughts final thought on anything season what do you think um i think i think the Flyers are going to absolutely overachieve in the first 20 games this season. I think they're going to come back down to earth about midseason. Uh, they'll be about a 500 team midseason. Everybody will be calling for everybody's head to be fired again. <laughs> and then, uh, and then, and then I think that they, I think they'll, they'll, they'll pick it up towards the end of the season a little bit, you know, me- meshing in with the, with the new coaches systems, hundred percent. If everybody buys in, I think they'll pick it back up. I think there's still going to be a bubble team. I don't think you're, you're going to be halfway through the season like, oh, my God, this is a championship caliber team. I don't think anybody expects that. But I do think that they're going to end up on the bubble, and you're going to hear a lot of people complain and bitch and moan that we're going to have a mid-first-round pick again and yada, yada, yada. Try to remember it's a very deep draft next year. Don't let it dishearten you that we're going to have a mid-round pick in one of the deepest drafts since Carter and Richards. So – because uh, we all know where those guys were picked, and they turned out yeah. to be pretty good hockey players. <laughs> yeah, I know a lot of people weren't, weren't happy with all that that happened. A lot of guys, both the guys on Flyers Alley, hated that entire uh, thing. So I didn't, I didn't hate the Carter move. I did dislike the Richards one because, I mean, mm-hmm. Richards was uh, the guy was a Broad Street bully from through mm-hmm. and through. The guy belonged in an orange and black uni, despite the problems that the guy may have faced in his personal life. He was a hell of a hockey player for many years uh, for multiple teams. He's went was two time Stanley cup winner, right? One time with two time, right? I believe it was two time. Yeah. Two time Stanley cup winner. I mean, you can't, the guy won at literally every single level that he ever played at from peewees all the way to the NHL. He never, Left any league without a championship, like Scotty Upshaw. Same yeah, thing. like Scotty Upshaw, who we got rid of right before he lit the world on fire. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> well, Kyle, thank you so much for coming on, man. I appreciate it. Uh, we had a lot of crazy shit going on in our neighborhood earlier. If electric was out. I was came <laughs> on. Uh, I found out what it was like to have no electric and two kids running around. That was an absolute nightmare. Oh yeah, um, no tablets, no internet. Oh god. Oh my god, she didn't <laughs> understand what it meant that her tablet couldn't charge while it was in 90%. I don't know, I don't know. I don't know what the deal is, but 
Um, everybody, make sure you go over and follow Kyle and his podcast at Warner Kyle 29 and their podcast at Flyers HW. Um, if you have anything else you want to plug, dude, definitely. No, nah, man, it was, it, was, it was an absolute pleasure hanging out with you. Uh, thanks for the invite on the show. Anytime you guys want to do another show, I'm always available. Awesome. Awesome. Maybe we'll, we'll get together with the other two uh, goons and we'll do that. Um, with that being said, everybody, make sure you go like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Flyers Alley on Twitter at Flyers Alley Pod 1 and Instagram at Flyers Alley. And make sure you go to www.oldcitysports.com, old spelled O-L-D-E. Check out our articles, merch, and all of our awesome podcasts. Kyle, again, thanks for coming on. And uh, that will be Flyers Alley. What's up, everybody? Jesse here again with another ad read. Uh, we got Lugaroo Custom Clothing over at uh, www.lugaroo.co. After a few years in the minor leagues, my professional hockey career had ended. With 24 years of hockey being the backbone of my life, it was time to venture into something new. I started life after hockey in the house renovation business, but then solitary environment didn't fit me after being in a team environment for most of my life. With a lifetime of team sports and countless closets of team gear, I know better than anyone what an athlete needs to excel on and off the playing field. I want you to think of me as an extension of your team, the silent coach at the end of your bench, here to help your team achieve all their goals. Quoted Colin Mulby, Lugaroo.co. www.lugaroo.co. They are our merch people at Old City Sports Network, Flyers Alley, every single pod on our network. They make great custom jerseys, custom T-shirts. Our merch comes from them. If you need something on that level, go to Colin. Tell him that Jesse from Flyers Alley sent you. He'll hook you up with the greatest quote you could ever think of. Hey, everybody. Jesse here from Flyers Alley again. Coming to tell you guys about our third and newest beer sponsor in Buffalo Bayou Brewing Company. Buffalo Bayou Brewing Company was founded in 2011 by Rasul Zarinfar and Ryan Robertson as an effort to bring Houston the type of beer they both love to drink. What began with the home brewer's vision sprouted to producing and self-distributing only drought in 2012 and all the way to 8,000 barrels produced in kegs, cans, and bombers, statewide distribution, and 74 total beers in 2018. If you're in the Houston, Texas area, Buffalo Brew is the place to be. Go to www.buffalobrew.com. Go check out their entire operation they got going on over there. Thanks, guys. What's up, everybody? Jesse here again from Flyers Alley. I want to talk to you guys about our new jerky sponsor. That's right. We got a jerky sponsor, Righteous Felon Jerky Cartel. Go to www.righteousfelon.com. Use promo code OCSN, lowercase, for 15% off all your jerky needs. This is the best jerky I've ever had, not just because they're our sponsor. It's a great story. Go check it out on their website. They support us. You guys, check it out. It's great stuff. <laughs>